0: And welcome to Roman Emperors House Rankium. I am Jamie.
1: <laughs> and I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to uh, Constantine XI, that's all. Yeah. Um, and this is our first Spanish emperor, Manuel. Si, sí. uh, como
0: te llamas? Uh, Poto. Que? <laughs> <laughs> We've exhausted our Spanish. <laughs> I, I used French. <laughs> uh, our, our European
1: language uh, lessons at, at school have, have failed us. Yeah. We, we are typical Englishmen yes. in that we can only speak English. Yes,
0: and we expect everybody else to speak English as well.
1: <laughs> yes. Otherwise, we
0: complain, damn it.
1: <laughs> anyway, we're, we're doing an episode. That's what we're doing. Um, here we are. Uh, oh, I only got halfway through my instruction. Um, and this is episode 148. Wow. Manuel. 148, yes, I know. Oh. It's a lot. Are you excited for this one, Jeremy? See. Si. His, his grandfather did all right, didn't he? Yeah, he's not too bad. Yeah, and then his father did all right, didn't he? Yeah, he was all right as well. Yeah, so, grandson slash son?
0: We shall have to see.
1: We will. But before we do see, cue, cue the sad music.
0: Oh, what have you done this time? That This this one was uh, ridiculous.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one was me saying the wrong word over and over again because I spout it wrong in my notes. But I can't spell. I can never spell. I can't read either. Was it Romans? Um, no, it wasn't Romans. I spelt Cilicia as Sicilia
0: oh,
1: yeah, two very different regions, Sicily and the bottom bit of modern day Turkey anyway, I kept calling Cilicia Sicilia uh, in the last episode, which I mean that's just wrong, Uh, and then I didn't even catch it in the edit, didn't even catch it in the edit, so it went out yeah, uh, so it's just there, it's in the episode it's wrong, Uh, there's nothing I could do I go back and just put Celicia in every time yeah. I said the word wrong but no I think our listeners
0: deserve the unedited unvarnished truth yes that I bleeped up I, I, I think that's fair and I think I respect you more for, for doing so to be honest no excuses I'm, nope
1: I'm just uh, no I dropped the ball oh what a ball to yeah. drop I know but there you go so um, sorry uh, for all of you who listened to that and winced every time I said the wrong word yeah. I know what it's like when you listen to a podcast and someone says the wrong word and you're like, oh, that's the wrong word. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, he hasn't realised yet. Oh, he keeps going oh. on. Oh.
1: Surely he'll realise, oh, he's not realised. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Although if you listen to this podcast, you're probably used to it. That, yeah, that's true. Anyway, right. This is going to be another long end, so we should probably start waffling. Right. Are you ready? Yes. Yes, I
0: am. Okay.
1: Right, here's how we're going to start then, Jamie. Right. We're not going to start with Manuel. We're going to start no. with a recap of the world.
0: Okay. Not Three billion years.
1: Oh, okay. No, not historically. Geographically. There's a lot going on in the world at this time, and you've probably lost track of who exactly is where, and it will really help to know who's where.
0: I'm not even sure where I am at the moment, so alone.
1: Right. So, what I want you to do in your notes, I want you to very quickly, and I'm only going to give you 15 seconds to do this,
0: Answer.
1: I want you to draw a map of Europe. Go. I need to find a blank page. Okay. Uh, uh, tell me when. <laughs> And and you can post this map up on Twitter and Facebook after okay. the episode, um, so everyone can see what you did. A map of Europe, all of Europe, including like the Middle East and North Africa. What? Okay. The Mediterranean, essentially. If you're listening, play along at home. Um, don't don't just find a map.
0: No no no. No,
1: you've you've got to draw it yourself. I think, it's done. That that's not bad. I mean, you've not got North Africa in it. And no, that's at the bottom. You've really got much of it's the Middle East. Oh North Africa. Back. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's squiggle. And, and right. the
0: Middle East is that big empty space there. I am genuinely
1: impressed. I mean, some of it looks a bit phallic, but.
0: Um... <laughs> oh, you mean the Scandinavian, Scandinavian <laughs> countries, yeah.
1: <laughs> bit droopy. Yeah, you probably didn't need to do that. We're not going to talk about them. Um, I felt like I needed to <laughs> put them in. The, the top dangly bits of Europe. You need Sicily on there, though. I noticed Sicily is missing, so pop Sicily on. Circle. why not that will do right okay so here we go the eastern roman empire or just the empire as we've been calling it is currently in the balkan regions and the coast of anatolia so we're talking modern day greece we're talking up a little bit from there um and we're talking the coast of modern day turkey Uh, it's also got all the greek islands as well so i think on my map that's greece yeah
0: so i'm got yeah i'm with you got it
1: good now, this is the smallest the Roman Empire's ever been in Alceras, uh, which is a shame. But due to the hard work of Alexios and his son John II, uh, things are starting to look a bit better. However, as you should know by now, this is not the only Roman Empire on the block at this time, because the Western Roman Empire has been re, reimagined, resurfaced, re-
0: re-plastered. reinstated. re re-plastered. Re-plastered. same yes. It's the same foundations... In the same place mm, looks a bit but, a new, but a new cover yeah. yeah
1: yes we've got the western roman empire which is very close to being called the holy roman empire by the way uh, it's still not quite being called that by contemporary sources okay. uh, but we're, we're close anyway the western roman empire is essentially modern germany switzerland austria a little bit of southern france and the north of italy makes sense i you. you got that on your map
0: uh do you want me to write it on
1: You do, because you're going to post this up on Twitter and Facebook for our listeners to use.
0: Okay, so H-R-E.
1: Excellent. It currently does not have an emperor, the Western Roman Empire, but Conrad III is the king of the Romans. It's all very complex politically, but essentially what this means is that he is due to be crowned emperor, but they've not got round to the actual event yet. Conrad Conrad, Conrad three, yeah. He's going to be emperor. Everyone agrees he's going to be emperor, but the pope's not put the crown on the head. Right. He is in all but name the Western emperor. Fair
0: enough.
1: Yeah, Conrad. Remember him? He comes into the story.
0: Conrad.
1: Now, when Manuel becomes emperor, the king of the Franks, or essentially France, is Louis VII. So, just put Louis VII in France. King of England is Stephen, although Henry II is soon going to take over. But you don't really need to know that. That's just interesting. (laughs) Uh, This is more important, though. The south of Italy and Sicily is being held by the Normans, remember? And their king, obviously, is King Roger.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: So, south of Italy and Sicily is held by the Normans. Egypt is being held by the Fatimid Caliphate. That is a caliphate that's been around for a while, but not really been much of our story. And, just so you know, it's falling apart. The old Abbasid Caliphate region is also highly complex, so I'm going to try and simplify it. The fighting of the First Crusade makes this region even more complex, but just know that a rising power in this region is the Zengi dynasty. The founder, called Zengi, is uh, currently alive and ruling lands in modern northern Iraq and Syria. So, that sort of region, the Zengi dynasty, is rising. Got it. Then, because we're still going, Crusader States the Crusader states uh the only ones we're focusing on at the moment is jerusalem currently held by the christian king of jerusalem and then antioch as we saw at the end of the last episode this is being held by the frankish raymond
0: where the hell is antioch i've gone almost two years without knowing where the hell it is you keep mentioning oh that place yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) do you do you know where jerusalem is on my map it's here yeah yeah yeah. that's, that's pretty good right keep keep going up yep until you, you hit the top right-hand corner, where land starts going left along the bottom of Turkey. Yeah. Uh, Antioch's roughly there. Okay. Good. If you remember, uh, Raymond and John, too, were having a bit of a, uh, a to-do uh, just before John died. So just know that's going on. Okay. Right, now into Anatolia. The Romans have the coast back and also now have a large portion of the interior on the left-hand side of Anatolia. Uh, but the bottom, Cilicia, uh, which the name I kept getting wrong last time uh, is being fought over with the Armenians at this time Ah, uh, yes yep, So that is a two colour part of the map. The Romans are on top at the moment The Danishmans are in the top right hand corner of Anatolia. They're a Turkish group and the real interior of Anatolia that's not being held by the Romans is the Sultanate of Rum, being held by a Sultan
0: Yar, pirates. Yes running out of room.
1: Well, that's fine because I have finished. That's what's going on in the map. The reason why I've started with that is because Manuel deals with all of these people. So you do kind of need to know all of them. Fair enough. And have a good idea where mm. they are. So a nice calm
0: okay. short episode then.
1: Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So quick quiz, uh, name someone who's in Anatolia, anyone at all.
0: Um that would be the Demi- uh, the Sultan of Rum. Good. And the Danishmen's D- are Denishmans. there as well.
1: Excellent. Okay. Who,
0: who's in France? Um, Louis VII. Nice. Excellent. Uh, where's the Pope right now? Oh, I've forgotten. I've got Conrad III, who's the king, but I've forgotten yeah, where the Pope is. In Rome. The Pope's oh, always well, in Rome. Oh, Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good.
1: Right. Okay. Ooh. Right. You ready to begin then? Uh,
0: yes. Yes.
1: Yes, I am. And if you're listening, just look up that map that Jamie's drawn. It's highly detailed. I'm
0: uploading it now.
1: Good. Laugh at the dangly bits, and hopefully the rest will be useful.
0: That's what I tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right, okay, here we go. We start in 1818, the same year that Alexios dies and his son John becomes emperor, John II. His fourth son is born in this year. Now remember, John already had three sons. He had a son called Alexios, named after his father. He had Andronicus and he had Isaac. So there's very little chance that this Manuel was going to
0: become emperor. Wait, he's not in really line, is he? No, it's four, fourth in line. No chance. <laughs> How's that going like, to happen? That, what's the equivalent of? It's like Prince Harry becoming king.
1: Um, well, he's se- he was second in line.
0: Actually, no, he is fourth in line now, isn't he? Yeah, because he's uh, I I don't children. know.
1: Anyway, it's unlikely. That's, that's what we're trying to get to. Uh, we get surprisingly little on Manuel's early life, unfortunately. I mean, he was obviously very cool when he was born.
0: Born with a cigarette in his mouth.
1: Yeah, but that's about all we do know. He was the only son of John to be born in the purple, because he was born after John was crowned. Uh, And he was raised a royal prince, with all that goes with that. So, good education. Spoilt rotten, most likely. Although John was very pious, so maybe not too much. But yeah, then flash forward 22 years. Oh. Yeah, because we don't really get anything else. We know that at the age of 22, he and his elder brothers were on campaign with their father, fighting the Dynishmans in the far right of Anatolia. Uh, according to Nicetus, Manuel himself led a charge, personally, during a battle without his father knowing.
0: Coolest charge ever.
1: Oh, yeah, the the prince really got into the thick of things. He jumped onto his steed. He didn't call it horse, he called it Ooh, steed. Uh, that's so cool. He flicked his cigarette onto the floor and just said, who's with me? See. Si. And then off they went. Uh, yeah, fighting went well. Uh, the troops uh, loved it. Because obviously their prince, their cool prince, was uh, just just riding in front of them. They won the skirmish. Brilliant. Dad's not happy. John was not impressed at all. He publicly praised his son. Well done, son. Great deeds. We've vanquished the enemy, etc, etc. But then John had words in private. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'll quote here. John made Manuel stretch himself out downwards and flogged him for being rash, and forbade him to engage with the enemy in close combat.
0: Oh, I imagine on his knees, back out, arms outstretched, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Full on. So, yeah. You. It's like, I've had to praise you in public, but don't you ever do that again, son. It is reckless. Foolish it's dangerous. I send people I don't particularly like to leave the charges for a reason.
0: <laughs> they always die.
1: Yeah. Now, it was around this time that John was looking to make alliances with other major powers. If you remember, John was quite savvy politically, and he was tying lots of different people into the, uh, the Roman royal family. And this was also true with um, Manuel's grandfather, Alexios, because both Alexios and John had both paid the Holy Roman Empire um, a disgusting amount of gold. Nice. To deal with the Normans. Well, John was thinking towards the end of his reign, well, wouldn't it be better if we didn't need to spend all that money? Wouldn't it be better if we had a family tie with the Western Empire and that way we'd just work together naturally? Maybe that's we should. Make, just... that's, that's
0: a good deal to try and make. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, sense. John sent a message to the king of the Romans, Conrad. How about one of your daughters marries one of my sons? I happen to have a particularly cool one
0: called Manuel. I mean, at the moment he has massive lash marks on his back, but boy is cool,
1: but he he, he didn't even he didn't even whimper when I was doing it, that's how cool he was. He,
0: he merely lit a little black cigar
1: <laughs> and said, I am sorry, I've betrayed your father <laughs> suffered the whole thing in silence, stood up, and said, I concede to your point <laughs> a point well made, <laughs> yeah, um anyway, so uh The message went off to Conrad. Unification two royal families, perhaps. Uh, Conrad wasn't too sure about this. Manuel was, yes, very cool, Uh, but he was also the youngest of four sons. He's hardly in line for the throne. So really, is he worthy of one of my daughters? Thought Conrad. Instead, in (laughs) what I can only assume was a masterstroke of a move, Conrad sent his sister-in-law you get the impression he didn't get on with his sister-in-law and yeah. went, Bertha! Yes, her name was Bertha. Uh, <laughs> Bertha, you're off to the Roman Empire to marry the son of the Emperor there. Bye!
0: you oh, think it's a punishment? It's like, this is for putting marmalade on my toast. You know I like jam, Bertha. You know I love jam.
1: I, I, I'm guessing Bertha wasn't well liked. Oh, ooh, brilliant. <laughs> and there's not much honour, but what we do get, uh, you get the impression... She's not well liked, which is a shame. Yeah. Anyway, um, things are developing in the Eastern Empire quite rapidly at this time. So Bertha's on her way over, but things are going on in the uh, Eastern Empire. As we saw in the last episode, John's two eldest sons suddenly died in quick succession.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Alexios and Andronicus just dead of Lurgy. That's that's a, a tough year. Tough year. And then, shortly after promising Raymond, Prince of Antioch, that he would be back to deal with him, John himself suddenly dies of an, an embarrassing scratch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, surprisingly, he named his successor on his deathbed not his eldest remaining son, but his youngest, Manuel.
0: I, I guess, you know, you probably trust Manuel a little bit more. Like, you know, you've been in the fighting. You're younger, you probably live a bit longer.
1: Well, his um, elder brother Isaac had been in the fighting as well. But oh, okay. if you remember, towering rages was the quote I used. Apparently Isaac <laughs> would occasionally lose it. And uh, John thought maybe his calmer son, his cooler son, should maybe take
0: the reins. Oh, you wouldn't want to be the uh, the messenger to give that message to Isaac, would you? Oh, we'll get to that. Now, now, sir. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll get to it, don't worry. Uh, because at this time...
1: Isaac wasn't with his father and his brother Manuel. Isaac had been sent back to the capital to deal with his two brothers' funerals. Mm. So Isaac's in Constantinople, Manuel's out in the field. John's died, Manuel's been declared emperor. Can you see the problem?
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a kind of a, this is now my place, screw you kind of problem.
1: Yeah, well, Manuel, who is 25 at this point, by the way, so Mm. still young, he realises he is the emperor. He also realises that his brother, his elder brother, is in the capital. So, Manuel has a bit of a chinwag, with none other than his father's bestest friend, Axouch.
0: Axouch? Yes.
1: Yes. I remember him. There is no way Isaac's not going to claim the throne, they decided amongst themselves, so they need to act fast. Axouch personally set off immediately and with great haste. This was not delegated to anyone. Remember Axouch was right hand man of the Emperor for for decades. So yes. yeah, he's got a lot of power. He is so quick rushing back to Constantinople that he actually beats the fastest of things, rumour. He Ooh. gets back before news that the Emperor's dead reaches the city. So no That's one in the city fast. knows Apart from Axe Ouch He goes straight to the, the palace And informed Isaac What has happened? Your father's dead And he said your little brother's in charge Before Isaac could respond Axe Ouch then said Oh one more thing, you're under arrest Ooh Yeah Isaac's politely uh, escorted to a certain set of rooms In the palace right. and put under guard Isaac just capitulates To put it bluntly he, oh, he does not fight against it. He realises that he can't. Axe-Ouch, remember, has been essentially running the Empire alongside John for for years. So when Axe-Ouch says, let's do something, it gets yeah. done.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Uh,
1: then Axe-Ouch called a meeting of everyone high up in the church. We're going to have any problems with this, he figured out. It's going to be with the church. Because I've got the palace sewn up.
0: Mm.
1: He had with him a document... From Manuel, promising everyone in the meeting 200 pieces of silver as long as everyone was happy with Manuel being the emperor. Nice. Yes, sir. Said everyone. Yes, yeah. the church decided to back the younger brother's claim. There you go. Yeah. The church is sewn up. Little Wonderful. did they know that Axe actually had two documents. The first one offered 200 coins of
0: silver. What do you think the second one offered? Was it if they did accept that uh, like a is a... Sign here please Oh it's an execution form No so, battle, no
1: like. Other way Although I like you thinking it was 200 gold Yes Yeah <laughs> If oh. they didn't go for the silver They would have offered 200 gold But uh, nice. They went for this silver
0: so, Do you think yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they told them afterwards Well you went for this <laughs> But you could have <laughs> had gold uh... signed, <laughs> yeah, you signed Yeah That's said? what Axel said nice. So it was a relatively settled
1: capital That Manuel arrived in shortly afterwards Axel had sorted it all for him uh, to make sure manuel then announced upon his arrival that every household in the city would receive two gold pieces probably using the money wow. he was planning to pay the church which he didn't have to spend anymore
0: see would you be t- if you lived in the city at the time you'd like well yeah two gold pieces for each each household my house has multiple rooms in each one i consider a different household you jest
1: but i genuinely had a thought like that and it did make me go wow history is so complex there's things like this you read and just go oh that happened how did they sort out what a household was what rules yeah. were in place
0: these things are not hmm. they, these are hugely complex things Because they, they would have had something similar to a census wouldn't they yeah like uh, based on that would you have houses
1: of uh multiple families uh, living in them does that count as one household Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah yeah. things are complicated. So, so many questions so many questions yeah <laughs> but not for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's for a Byzantine administration Totalis Rankium yes yeah while well, we judge all series? the red tape uh, <laughs> anyway um, as you can imagine everyone's happy with their two shiny gold pieces you've got two of them you can rub them together and everything <gasps>
0: oh which,
1: yeah. bite them yeah you can do that So he was crowned emperor And then he felt secure enough to release his brother There you go brother You can come out now I'm emperor by the way I've gilded everybody so I'm fine Although he probably didn't say that He probably just leant casually against uh, the door frame As the door was opened And Isaac looked up Brother You may leave (laughs) Yeah so there you go He is now emperor It's all good He's thrown money at the potential problem, and it's worked. No one is disputing his claim. For now, I'm just going to say right now, there is a cousin, the son of Manuel's uncle, and that this cousin is called Andronicus. I'm not going to mention him again for the whole episode. Okay. Just know he's the same age as Manuel, he's ambitious, and all through this episode he keeps popping up, but I've cut everything because he's right. going to box around his name. And I'm going to cover <gasps> it all in his episode. But just Fair know, enough. just know, all through this episode, stuff with Andronicus is going on in the background. We'll cover it Fair at a future date. Anyway, yeah. all you need to know for now is that no one's disputing the claim. There you go, Manuel was in charge, and he was a change of pace in the palace. Uh, his father, as I said, was very serious and pious, whereas Manuel was fun-loving. He was also keen to push the successes of his father and grandfather, uh, but mm-hmm. he was less less of a serious man. He loved, he loved playing games, he loved drinking, he loved the ladies. I see. So he starts up his plans. What's he going to do as emperor? He pulls out a brand new pad, opens it up, first page, writes the word plans at the top.
0: Underlines it twice.
1: Oh, yes. He's ready. And then there's a little <clears throat> behind him. Hello. What, what, what's what's wrong? Sorry, he said. The, there's, there's a woman here called Bertha. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> everyone I forgot had, about her. Everyone had kind of forgotten the sister-in-law to the yeah. Western Emperor was here to marry him. Uh, now he's the Emperor. Uh, what shall we do? Manuel paused to think for a while. Uh, okay, let's, let's meet her. And he was introduced to apparently a very serious woman who was, and I quote, yeah. unbending and opinionated. She scorned hmm. the silly ways of most of the other women in the court with their face paint and their attention to physical beauty instead of the matters of the soul. Essentially, mm. this woman who turned up sounds like the kind of person his father would have loved. Serious, yeah. pious, doesn't like the frivolities of life. No. Not at all what Manuel was looking for. <laughs> oh, no, right. no, He was... Should we say enjoying certain perks of being the emperor? So he's getting perky. <laughs> I quote: indulging in sexual intercourse without constraint, copulating with many female partners. He unlawfully penetrated his kinswoman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> so he he wasn't doing a Scandinavia then. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He, w- he was uh, getting to know the court.
0: Yes. Doing the rounds. Making his way through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's what he was doing.
0: Seeing if their drinks need a top-up.
1: Yes, exactly. Still, saying this, Manuel also realised the importance of a political union with the Western Empire. Fine, he said, the marriage is going on. It's going ahead. Uh, uh, what What do you mean? When at some point in the future? Don't Don't bother me with <laughs> details. We'll, we'll get married at some point.
0: Now he's emperor, though. Surely he could say, "I want a better wife." I'm I'm the head of this. Well, I call it an empire. This this land. Well, he could, but actually, a, a tie with the Western Empire
1: is actually pretty good. You could I argue mean, only...
0: negotiate with his with with the with, with Conrad. What, what's his name? Yeah, I'll, can I can have another daughter, please instead.
1: You could argue he could have done that, but as we will see, yes, Manuel is fun-loving and he he likes to enjoy himself, but he also has a dream. He has a dream that only a few emperors have had, and that dream is the reunification of the entire Roman Empire. And at this early stage, you get the sense that he's thinking, actually, no, let's not rock the boat with the Western Empire. We need to get closer to the Western Empire. So maybe that's what he was thinking. Anyway, they're going to get married at some point in the future.
0: Surely the only reunification is, like, we, we can reunite the empires, but I'm in charge. We'll, we'll kind of get to that in a bit.
1: Anyway, internal problems first. Uh, they needed some money. I mean, the Treasury was actually done quite well at this point, compared mm-hmm. to many times in history. Alexios and John have done a good job, but it's always good to keep the taxes coming in. According to Nicetus, Manuel appointed a man named John to be in charge of the taxes, and I quote, It was easier to make a stone smile and laugh than get John to change his mind. Nice. So yeah, the the man in charge of taxes was unbending. Did a a good job, although he made several people very unhappy, as you can imagine. Uh, but the money started flowing in. Hmm. Then word came from Antioch. Raymond, do you remember Raymond? Yes. Raymond. Raymond is in charge of Antioch. Uh. He had been told by John the previous fighting season, "I'm coming back for you after winter, to take Antioch because you've really annoyed me." But then John died. So Raymond right. had spent a winter waiting for the hammer to fall and then found out that John was dead. He started to feel a bit smug. He'd escaped the wrath of John. So he wrote to Manuel. What do you think Raymond said? What's a sensible thing to say to the new emperor? Oi, give me your stuff. Yes, that's exactly what he said. He, d- he didn't say <laughs> sorry or anything. He said, I want the land that John had taken in Cilicia. Yeah. We want our crusading state back. Manuel was not happy. So, Manuel sent a couple of his top generals to go and sack the land around Antioch while he organised something more substantial. Go and ruin Raymond's day whilst I really prepare to ruin his day. But before he could ruin Raymond's day, the ever-moving politics of the time took over. Zengi, remember Zengi is in charge of the caliphate in roughly the Syria area.
0: Iraq, Iran, Syria,
1: got that. He took the crusader Haudadessa, so that's just to the right of a bit, to Antioch. And then he set his sights on Antioch itself. Raymond realised his number was up. He couldn't fight Zengi, he couldn't fight Manuel, he certainly can't fight both. So he needs help, and quickly, where's he going to get help from? Well, there's only one power in the region that can stand up against Sengi, and that's the empire.
0: Hooray! So
1: not long after sending a letter saying, Oi, I want my land back, he had to send another letter (laughs) saying, I'm so, 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 so sorry. (laughs) Don't suppose you can help me out here. Uh, (laughs)
0: It was a dare. It was a dare.
1: (laughs) Manuel refused to see the Prince of Antioch, but then Raymond turned up at the capital personally.
0: Please! Yeah,
1: went to the tomb of his father and knelt before it until Manuel finally relented fine. Tell you what, I'll give you some cash to hire some mercenaries to fight the Turks, but that's it, I'm not helping you anymore.
0: How long do you think Manuel waited?
1: Days? Uh, Weeks? You you get the feeling it was a few days, yeah. It was uh, a long time to be kneeling in front of the tomb of John, going, oh dear. So, Raymond left for home, greatly relieved, more so when he heard news that Zengi had been murdered.
0: Hey, brilliant!
1: Yeah, that's great. Good news, for now. You can cross Zengi off, but just know that Zengi was the first in a dynasty that Ah. does really quite well. So, uh, his son's now in charge, but we'll come back to him later. Antioch is safe. But things are very shaky in the region, so word was sent to the Pope from the Crusader states. Any chance you could send some help? I mean, maybe Crusade Two is in order? Maybe? the second one yeah yeah because the first one went brilliantly so um (laughs) (laughs) let's uh let's try let's try again and see if we can hold these states that we've created in the east so the pope's mulling over that meanwhile Manuel and Bertha got married a couple of years have passed by this point but Manuel finally relents fine let's get married Bertha changed her name to Irene because obviously everyone's called Irene and uh the two didn't get on particularly well well, No, hmm. but duty called. So, a couple of children eventually come along. A couple of daughters. Now, it's around this time that Manuel received word from the King of the Franks, which according to your map is. Louis VII. Yes, it's Louis VII. The Crusade is faltering, said Louis. So, we're going for another. As push. the Crusade is faltering, so we should go for another push. Yes. I assume I can count on your support for the Second Crusade, said Louis. I assume I can count on your support for a Second Crusade, said Louis. <laughs> well, the poop hat, the poop? <laughs> <laughs> Le poop. Um, <laughs> Le poop. The, the Pope had called upon Louis to lead the Crusades this time, uh, and then shortly afterwards, Conrad, so essentially Western Emperor, was also on board. Yeah. It's a simpler crusade, the Second Crusade, than the first one, because it's essentially just these two armies. You've got a French army, you've got a German army, uh, cool. both being led by the heads of state. Both of them would lead their armies through Manuel's empire to the east, just as they had to Alexios. And along came all the troubles that came with the First Crusade. Well, of course. Now, Manuel, knowing what his grandfather went through, replied to Louis, Fine! I'll provide food for you, but you're gonna to have to pay for it. I'm not giving anything away, and uh, also you're just passing through, yeah? Definitely. And oh, then, yeah. and then he looked up and called over his shoulder. Can can we repair? Get get the walls repaired, the Theodosian walls. Just just make sure they're <laughs> all right. Just just in case. Just in case. I'm sure it's fine. I know they're I'm technically sure. our allies, but we are gonna have two large armies in front of our cities. Just just make the walls. Of, make sure they're fine. Yeah, Nice and big and strong yeah. The German army arrived first Manuel sent a force out to escort them across his land Things were tense, as things always are When there were large numbers of bored men with weapons At yeah. uh, Adrianople tensions broke out A group of Germans were attacked by Roman vagabonds, essentially They were ambushed on the road In retaliation, the nephew of Conrad burnt down a monastery Ooh. Yeah. Uh, That's not fair. That's not equal. Well, this nephew had a red beard. And because of this, he developed a nickname. And this nickname he goes down in history as. And that is Barbarossa. Nice. Yes. More on him later. Just know, if we do season three... You can put a box around his name. Yeah. Anyway, tensions between the two armies led to a number of skirmishes as the Western Roman Emperor headed to meet the Eastern Roman Emperor in Constantinople.
0: Hi, guys!
1: (laughs) Yeah. Things are tense, but things tick along in a a kind of, yeah, there's been some unfortunate deaths, but, oh well, kind of way. Uh, Then the French army arrive. Uh, This army was much smaller and also far more disciplined. Uh, Tensions were not as high as King Louis and his wife, Eleanor of Aquitaine, headed for the capital. That's right, Eleanor of Aquitaine, future mother of Richard the Lionheart. Covered very recently by Rex Factor if you want to know more about her fascinating life. So her and her first husband, Louis, are heading towards the capital. Now, just like his grandfather, Manuel received his unwelcome guests. He waved them through after obtaining oaths of allegiance. Far more simpler for Manuel than uh, it was for Alexios with just two armies. Uh, But still, uh, political wrangling goes on. Unlike the First Crusade, however, things really do not go well for the crusading armies in the Second Crusade. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Mere days after crossing, the German forces were ambushed by Turks and wiped out.
0: Ooh, that's fast. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking dates. Where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Conrad and Barbarossa survive, and they meet up with King Louis, who was behind them. Uh, so the king and his heir are still alive, but uh, yeah, their army's gone. Uh, so things are not going well for the Crusading States. Uh, I'm not going to go into the Second Crusade in detail, but just know that the French forces don't fare much better. They they do better than the German forces, but it's not great. Uh, But Manuel himself is distracted from the Crusades because another report reaches him. It's none other than Roger, the King of Sicily. He's invading the Empire. What? Yeah. Now, again, like I said last time, apparently, according to historians, this Roger is a new Roger, the nephew of Robert Gustard, not the brother. Uh, But again, we we know it's the same Roger. It's the same Roger. Uh, hello, sir. Said Roger, to the island of Corfu, because he then Ooh. took it. So this is now mine, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Manuel was furious. It was a betrayal, that's what it was. Yeah. From a loyal employee.
0: Um... <laughs> as, the, as the saying goes, sir, if you snooze, you indeed
1: lose. <laughs> For too long, according to Manuel, the Normans have been a blight on Europe. Now, his father and his grandfather had paid the Western Emperor to deal with the Normans, uh, but the Western Empire had failed, so perhaps it was finally time for the Eastern Empire to get the job done. Yes. Now, due to the Crusading armies heading into the East, it was easy enough for Manuel to get a peace agreement with the Turks. Because he'd been fighting skirmishes with the Turks for a while. So he just says to the Turks, no more fighting. As you can imagine, this annoyed Conrad and Louis a bit because they were going into Turkish land to fight and suddenly the Roman Empire said, no, we're at peace with them now. But in Manuel's defence, he had the Normans to deal with and he needed to focus on them. He wanted all his forces to attack Roger. Still, he needs allies. He knows this. The Normans are a force to be reckoned with. So the only other power in the region is one I did not put on the map, but it's Venice.
0: Oh, of course, Of yeah. course,
1: Venice are, are still growing in their power at this time. As we've covered in the last two episodes, Venice want to clear Adriatic. So once again, they agree to help. The Normans are just a pain. So fair mm. enough, we will help you. And together, they managed to push the Normans back over next year. So there's a war with the Normans, and generally things go well. Meanwhile, in the Second Crusades, things are not going well. By this point, the Franks had made it to Antioch, which is nice, uh, where they relieved Raymond... Urge them to attack Aleppo. This is where the son of Zengi is now in charge. Now I'll introduce oh. you to his name now. His name was Nur-Edin. It's about N-U-R space E-D space D-I-N or at least that's one way you can spell his name. He was showing the same skills as his father, Zengi. He was proving to be very promising. Ah, damn it. Yeah. Raymond was feeling uh, under pressure, and he really wanted this new French army that had turned up to help him Mm. out. But Louis was hearing none of that. No? No. It says here a crusade is getting Jerusalem back. Who cares that the actual threat is coming from Aleppo? We're going to Jerusalem. Oui. Yeah. So the French army heads south and eventually arrive in Jerusalem and they decide on their new target from there. Well Aleppo means doubling back quite far, so let's not do that. Instead, uh Damascus they decide. Damascus is being howled by the Muslims, said Louis. So let's attack okay. there. Yeah. Now, Louis clearly was not well-versed on the politics in the region, and it showed Hmm. Damascus, yes, was a Muslim-held city, and had been for generations. But it was not a Muslim-held city who was allied with the Zengi dynasty. In fact, they opposed the Zengi dynasty. The biggest threat in the region to the crusading states is ad-Din, and Damascus opposed ad-Din. They should have allied with Damascus, but they didn't. They just took them over instead. Well, no, 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 no. That, oh. that would have been at least vaguely successful. They chose a bad <laughs> target and they attack. The Franks arrive outside the city and go on. Uh, sieges last a long time, don't they? So how long do you think they stay outside the walls of Damascus for?
0: I see they be a ridiculously long time, more like 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> In more the latter, five days. <laughs> five days before they realise they've bitten off more than they could chew there's ah. no way they're going to be able to take this city, and it's bloody hot down here isn't it, and actually mm. all the provisions we've got might not last as long as we thought and actually... <laughs>
0: all the cheese and milk and dairy <laughs> all I, for I,
1: waste. I genuinely think we need to return, otherwise we're all going to die this is hugely embarrassing.
0: The common bear, save the common bear! <laughs>
1: Can you imagine how runny it was? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. i a puddle. Um, so yeah they have to just turn around uh, is it Pathetic. I mean, they had spent months travelling the known world to get in front of their first city to take, and they last a week.
0: They've just got now mouldy cheese, and the chocolate bits have melted out of their pan Yeah,
1: and the only thing oh. they managed to achieve was turn Damascus, who could have been a potential ally against Noradine, to jump into bed with Noradin. Not Excellent. Not literally. It's a whole city, it would be weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> On the way home, because remember, Conrad uh, is with the French army at this point, uh, but he gets ill, so he stops off at the capital and gets chatting to Manuel. Mm. Now remember, Manuel and Conrad are married to sisters, Mm. so they've got that in common. They meet, and they realise at this point that actually they get on quite well. Now they've spent some time in their company, and they do not have armies that are trying to skirmish with each other. That helps. Yeah, it does help. So not only did they have the, their wives in common, not only did they get on quite well, but they also both really hated the Normans. That bloody Roger, he's a thorn in our oh. side. So Still got Sicily. Yeah, so why don't we, said the the two essentially emperors of the Romans, why don't we work together in an alliance? And then who knows, maybe... Something more solid could happen in the future. I mean, no one's saying the word reunification, but these are tentative steps. These, this is the the two leaders of the empires working closer than we've ever seen before. Well, at least since like the early early days of the empire splitting. So that's looking good. Meanwhile, in Sicily, Roger. Well, he's not going to take this lying down, is he? It's Roger. Roger's efficient yeah yes, he knows what's going on because obviously you can intercept any mail he wants. <laughs> that's true, yeah, he's also not happy about his failure to take Corfu. I mean, he managed to take Corfu, but then he lost Corfu oh. uh and he's really not happy, but two of the major powers in the world are now unifying against him, mm. so he uses some of his political cunning first of all, he approached the Serbs on the Dalmatian coast. How about a little revolt? he said. You guys are technically in the uh, the Roman Empire... ...but you've not really been in the Empire for a while... ...and no one really knows what colour to colour you in on the map... ...so why don't you go yeah. for full-on independence? And also, Do at the it. same time, Do you it. can drag the Hungarians in... ...because they're up for it. They love a scrap. Exactly. Now, as mentioned last episode, this region is in turmoil... ...and it's not really been controlled by the Empire for a while. It's been pretty much given up on. And it does indeed go into full revolt at this time thanks to a little nudging from Roger. At the same time, Roger approached a rival to Conrad. Conrad isn't technically the emperor yet. I mean, yeah, we all know he's going to be emperor, but the Pope's not put that crown on his head. So, why don't I help you stop that from happening, he said to Conrad's rivals. (laughs) Mwahaha. Yeah. Yeah. And Roger's plans work. Uh, Manuel was forced to focus on putting down revolts in the Balkan region for a couple of years, while at the same time Conrad was bogged down in internal problems. And Roger showed some great political savvy here and managed to stop this alliance of the Roman empires. However, this only works for a couple of years. Eventually, Manuel manages to calm things down, as does Conrad, and they start really thinking seriously about invading southern Italy and Sicily with their combined forces. Ice. And then everyone starts dying, making a very complex political period even more complex. Why are they all dying? Is it it it, just coincidence? People just just start dying. Yeah. First up's Conrad himself in 1152. Yeah, Conrad dies. Uh, His nephew, Barbarossa, takes over. Now, like his uncle, Barbarossa wanted to wage war on the Normans, but Barbarossa was less keen on Manuel than his uncle had been. That personal friendship wasn't there. Plus, as ever, the change in leaders caused internal tensions. So Barbarossa was forced to fight for his own throne in a great story that I really look forward to Pontifax covering because (laughs) it involves the Pope. So they'll be covering all of this. So that'll tide people over until eventually we get to him, if we do series three. For now, all you need to know, he's off the table. Uh, As is the current Pope... Pope Eugenius, because he's dead, he uh. dies. That causes some political turmoil as well. Yeah. Uh, and then Roger, what? Roger dies, or no, he doesn't. so claim the books. Now, obviously, no. what Roger did is he said, "I've had enough of this, William's son. You take yeah. over. I'm off to the new world to invent email."
0: I thought we'd go back and say, "Can I have my old Jeb back?"
1: Oh, I don't so. know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, won't we? Uh, but just know, Roger. Roger decides. Uh, He's stirred the pot enough. He'll <laughs> leave it to his son, William. Uh, so now, the man in charge of the Normans is William the Bad. That doesn't bode well. Well, actually, it's not as bad as you might think. Um, He's not he, as bad as his name implies. No, no. He uh, he was not called bad because he was a complete pushover. Um, yeah, he manages to hold his own, as we will see. Okay. So Manuel, watching this from a distance, decides, OK, <laughs> that's messed up the plans. Uh, the... The person who I was going to invade is now dead, and the person I was going to invade with is now dead, and the Pope is also dead, and that always causes problems, so uh, what's going on? Well, why don't I just go it alone, thinks Manuel. I mean, yeah, I don't have the Western Empire with me anymore, but the Normans are also weak because Roger's no longer there. I don't need Barbarossa's help. The problem is, he's still caught up fighting a full-on war with the Hungarians. That war's not over. He's just managed to get on top of it. But he can't leave the war. So he's fighting in Hungary, but he wants to make a push on the Normans.
0: Well, yeah, makes sense.
1: He doesn't want to wait, because Rogers only just died, and this is the best time to push. Sorry, I say died in its uh, least literal sense. So (laughs) he sent two of his top generals, Michael... Pelologos and John Ducas. That's right, another John Ducas. <gasps> yeah, Great. just over no, the Ducas family's still going strong. Saves on, on name badges, though. It really just does, doesn't pass it? Pass the
0: same one down.
1: So he sends them over to Italy oh, with a plan. I can't give you too many men, uh, because obviously we need them for the war with Hungary. But what you guys can do is go over to South Italy, find some cities that still think of themselves as part of the Empire, because the Normans have only held the region for about a 100 years or so, so find anyone who wants to revolt and then encourage them to revolt. Tell them that mm. once they've started the revolt, the empire will be over to help out. On a scale of 1 to 10, how well do you think this works? Uh, 2. 10.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Oh, it works astonishingly well. The city of Bari is uh, its in the hill of Italy. It was the capital of Byzantine Roman Italy for centuries. Uh, and it only fallen to the Normans like I say about a century before it still had strong pockets of uh, wealthy citizens that considered themselves part of the empire but being occupied so they essentially opened the gates and say come on in Uh, local lords join the the revolt, and with Bari taken, and then also with rumours that William the Bad had died, because he was feeling a bit peaky at the time, uh, Norman morale collapsed. Then, the new Pope, this is Pope Adrian, the one and only English Pope in history, incidentally, he received news of the Norman defeat gladly, and then met up with some of Manuel's ambassadors. How about I help you out, says the Pope. I hate the Normans as well. (laughs) <laughs> so, since you're kicking them, I- I'll give you a hand.
0: I'll offer you some thoughts and prayers.
1: Oh, and uh, and some money for mercenaries.
0: Brilliant. Yes,
1: yeah. You get an alliance between the East and West churches at this point, although it's more political alliance rather than anything to do with the churches yeah. itself. But uh, you've got the two the two sides working in together to just give the Normans a bit of a kicking. Yeah, fair enough. Within six months, the entire south of Italy is back in the empire.
0: Wow, nice
1: yeah. Not only that, the Pope is now very much on Manuel's side oh. Who's looking after Rome, as in the city Rome? Who's looking after the, the, the seat of the pontiff here? It's no longer the Western Empire It's for the first time in a very long time the Eastern Empire Now if Manuel had not been thinking before He starts thinking about this idea of a Roman Empire that looked like the old one one church, one emperor.
0: Oh, yeah. Would you live back in Rome though? Uh, stay we, in
1: Const... We we get to that. Oh, okay. We get to that in a little bit. Uh, there's a, a a problem with uh, the idea of one church, one emperor at the moment, however, and that obviously is Barbarossa. Who is hmm. the current Western Roman Emperor? And by that, I, I actually mean it because he has been crowned, unlike right. his uncle Conrad. Right. So he is full on Emperor. But uh, <laughs> that might be a problem, but that's a problem for future Manuel. Uh, I'll just try, <laughs> try and figure out how I can uh, use what we've achieved so far to my advantage. That's well, the list. But unfortunately, as quickly as this hope flared up, it dies out. In fact, if anything, even quicker. Manuel's forces in Italy were minimal. Like I say, most of his troops were in the Balkans fighting the Hungarians uh, with Manuel himself. In Italy, it was all mercenary troops and rebels who lived there who were just being promised things. So once William recovered from his illness and launched a counter-attack, the mercenaries decided this was a really good time to ask for a pay rise. After all, you're being attacked now. Uh well, the the cities didn't have enough money to pay for the mercenaries, so they left, and the rebels suddenly lost their nerve. What few Roman forces they had in Italy were not strong enough to fight this counterattack, and in eleven fifty six, the Battle of Brindisi, the Romans were wiped out, and almost overnight all their gains over the last year in Italy fell apart. Just like that they've lost everything in Italy once more. Mm. This is the last time the Roman Empire would ever hold anything in Italy.
0: Oh no. Yeah, this is a. The, I mean, it's been on the decline anyway. This is really lucky.
1: Oh yes, but there you go. A little spark of Italy came back for a brief minute, but no, it's gone.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Now, obviously, not great, but actually, this isn't a disaster for Manuel. Yes, the dream of taking Italy was gone, but that was always a dream, to be honest. The Normans had struggled so much, they were now willing to come to peace terms with the Empire. Now, at the start of this war with the Normans, the Normans were the ones invading and taking land. They took Corfu. Yeah. By the end of this war, the Roman Empire had lost nothing that they'd started with. And in fact, the Normans were ready to say, please, can we stop now? Oh. So, yeah, okay. Didn't take Italy, but you can argue that Manuel did win the war with the Normans. Well, Yeah. Yeah. By this time, Manuel had also managed to put down the uprising with the Serbs and defeat the Hungarians. And during all this fighting, and believe me, there's a lot of fighting I'm not covering in detail here, uh, but we do get a little snippet of what he actually did, because he was very much at the front of the fighting in yeah. the Balkans. We get uh, one story, and i quote here. Then, a certain Hungarian, a giant in size with manly courage, broke out of the crowd and charged at the emperor.
0: <laughs> manly courage.
1: Yeah. The latter, standing his ground, plunged a sword into the giant's eye and killed him. So, this massive guy just stormed at the emperor. And Manuel, (gasps) obviously being really cool, was leaning on his sword.
0: Mm.
1: And then he just uh, flicked the cigarette onto the floor, kicked the bottom of his sword so it sort of swung up into his hands, and then just plunged it into the giant's eye, who then just stormed. Past Manuel who just did a twirl so he didn't get knocked over and the giant just falls in the dust
0: fantastic
1: by this point the cigarette that he'd already flicked had hit the rock and bounced back so Manuel was able to catch it <laughs> once more uh yeah it's something like that I might be embellishing the quote slightly but I something don't like so. that happened.
0: yeah I, I think that's exactly how it happened
1: yeah so he's doing well Uh, There are several stories that are similar to that, we just don't have time to go into all the detail of fighting, but many, many battles take place, and generally, you can definitely say this was a win.
0: Yeah.
1: The West is sorted, fighting with the Serbs, the Hungarians, and the Normans, all sorted. The Romans can say they've won all of them.
0: Nice.
1: So, let's look east once more, thinks Manuel. Cilicia, still causing trouble. That's the... Bottom of Anatolia. His father John had taken it, remember? At the end of the last episode, yeah. I said he managed to capture Leo and defeat him. He, mm. was in, he was the Armenian in charge of the area. Well, Leo and his son Thoros had been captured and put into prison. Thoros, however, had escaped a few years previously and had led the bottom of Anatolia into resisting Roman rule once more. So that's Cilicia now in full on revolt. Yeah. Not only that, there's a new prince of Antioch and he's causing trouble. Raymond, I'm afraid to say, has finally come to the sticky end that he was ever avoiding.
0: It is his destiny, really, wasn't it? It really
1: was. <laughs> Raymond spent his entire time in the East panicking uh, and upsetting everyone. Eventually, uh, he was defeated in battle by Nora Deen, and uh, his head was cut off. It was uh, treated so it didn't go mouldy, and sent <laughs> to Baghdad, Uh, To go and sit with Behron II's, remember? Because that happened to Ah. Behron II as well. Yeah. Uh, They're they're making a collection in Baghdad at Mm. this time. Yeah. Get them to talk to each other. You were a bad ruler, weren't you? Yes, I was. So were you. Ha (laughs) ha ha. Said the Caliph, making their mouths move. Um, Anyway, new prince of Antioch. And uh, history's kind to us. Because there are so many names floating around at the moment. It gets confusing. But the replacement of Raymond was... Renault. What? Renault. Or Renault. Uh, spout in different ways. can put a T or a D on the end. Renault. Is it like Renault. a car? Like a, like a Renault? Yeah, yeah, essentially.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: He was also a Frankish nobleman, and he's now in charge. If you remember, uh, baby Constance had been married to Raymond in the last episode. Well, that baby Constance is now in her early 20s. Uh, once Raymond was dead, she... Looked for a new husband and she chose Renald. The problem was that Reynold had written to Manuel promising to help him with Thoros in Cilicia, but then decided actually he's going to throw his lot in with the Cilicians. Mm. So he's going to betray Manuel. Oh no! Yeah. Manuel decides he's going to have to deal with both of them at the same time. Uh, but it was Reynold who made the first move. He planned to attack Cyprus.
0: Oh, you never attack Cyprus.
1: Well, Cyprus is howled by the Empire at this point, and it's easy pickings. It's close to Antioch. It's just across the sea. Uh, however, Reynod needs to raise a bit of money to do this. He's going to have to pay for some mercenaries, raise some ships. Uh, where to get the money from? Well, one place always useful to get the money from is the church. Hi, Pope! <laughs> uh, well, not, not the Pope, because although the Pope theoretically is on side, he's quite far away. Instead, the Patriarch of Antioch.
0: Oh, remember.
1: Good. All the major cities have a patriarch each. Yeah. So the patriarch of Antioch was told to hand over some cash. The patriarch refused. So, Reynold had the patriarch arrested, stripped naked, and then beaten. Oh. Then honey was smeared into his wounds. He was taken to the roof and tied down. For 24 hours. Bees! <laughs> bees insects. Covered
0: in bees!
1: Yeah. all Bears! Sorts.
0: Honey bears.
1: <laughs> Loads of honey bears. Winnie the Pooh.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> it was From awful. hundred acre wood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as you can imagine, after after 24 hours, the patriarch agreed to hand over the funds.
0: Why is he wearing a T-shirt and not any trousers? <laughs> I can't take this.
1: Uh, the, the funds were handed over. The, the ships were raised. The mercenaries were, were purchased. And uh, Cyprus was attacked, plundered and stripped to bear. Manuel heard the news and went through the roof. How dare this young upstart from Antioch attack the empire. The Roman forces, after decades under his father and grandfather, and also within the recent wars with Hungary, were actually well-trained. They were Mm. a force to be reckoned with. Uh, We have a good Roman army at this point. Mm. Now free from troubles in the west. Manuel cut through Cilicia just like his father had done, it's the hot knife through butter once more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thoros managed to escape in one of those toast crumbs, just like his father had done, but a majority of Cilicia was under Roman rule once more. So there you go, that's back in the Empire. Wonderful. Reynold heard about the size of Manuel's forces and panicked. Oh dear, I didn't realise you were going to be able to get over here that quick. I thought we had Cilicia in between us. Oh, dear. Essentially, this is the same story I told last week, just with Manuel instead of John, Thoros instead of Leo, and Reynold instead of Raymond. Exactly the same thing plays out. Yeah, very similar. Now, last time, it ended with John saying to Raymond, I'll be back for you. Well, that happens again, but this time... The Roman Emperor doesn't suddenly die. That helps. Manuel says, I'm coming for you. And Reynold sends words to Manuel saying something along the lines of, Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, please, 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 what can I do to make this right? Manuel sent a reply, come to see me.
0: Oh, 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 don't do it, don't, don't. Come to see me barefoot and
1: hatless. No. And beg. And I might, I might, just might, let you live. Oh, and I'll be having Antioch, thank you very much. Not that's, non, that's non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah, none of this ally business. Like my father suggested, I'm just having the city. Uh, Reynold uh, complied. He arrives at the camp. He begs for forgiveness. Not far behind him is the King of Jerusalem. Now, if you remember last episode, the King of Jerusalem at this point was a man named Falk, but don't remember that because Falk's dead. Uh, Falk's son is now in charge, Baldwin III. I love the
0: name Baldwin.
1: Yeah. So... Baldwin, king of Jerusalem, turns up. Now, he didn't like Renault. He had disagreed with the attack on Cyprus. So he was more than happy with Manuel and the humiliation of Renault. Huh? Also recently, coincidentally, Baldwin III had got married. None other huh. than Manuel's niece. So that was a nice connection there. Yeah. So he wasn't about to complain about anything. He just turns up, essentially, and says, what's going on? Oh, look. Look at him there, begging. Yeah. Yeah. It was decided at this point with the Roman Emperor, the Prince of Antioch, and the King of Jerusalem. What should we do? Let's all head to Antioch together and let everyone know who's now in charge of Antioch. It's me, by the way, says Manuel. (laughs) So in the city, eight days of celebration begin. Manuel put on a display and made it very clear. Antioch was not only Roman again, but also Jerusalem is... Yeah, it's a crusader state, but it, it listens to... The Eastern Empire, yeah. not the Western one.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a vassal state of me from now on. Manuel then ordered some games to make sure everyone was happy. And Jamie, I'm excited to tell you.
0: Yeah.
1: For the first time, we have a jousting tourney
0: <gasps> Jousting.
1: We are full we, on medieval now.
0: We, jousting we love Jamie. jousting. Yeah. I mean,
1: okay, we've had crusades and knights for the last couple of episodes, but jousting now. Yeah. According to one source, Manuel had heard some of the Latin troops boasting of their abilities with the lance and jousting. Uh, well, Manuel wasn't going to stand for that. You might think you're so fancy with your you knights your from the West. Big but pointy sticks. We can joust better than any of you. So he decides to have a competition. And I'll quote, Grinning a little and then breaking out into his usual smile, Manuel commanded each of his kinsmen and all those chosen to compete with the Westerners. So, we get a, a little glimpse of his personality there. This idea that he he just quite enjoys life, does Manuel?
0: Yeah, he does. to
1: have yeah, fun? Just did a, a little grin, a small, knowing smile. We can take these guys.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you think Bertha's standing behind eyes going, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Quite likely, yes. Um, so, well, actually, no, Bertha was probably back in Constantinople. That's uh, true. Yeah. Manuel probably wouldn't want Bertha too close because. There was a lot of women in, in Antioch, I'm sure. That's true. Yeah. Now, the reason why Manuel was grinning was possibly because he had decided he was going to take part personally. Ooh. Much to the horror of those close to him. you, Sir, you're the you haven't
0: filled in the risk assessment. We haven't got the insurance for you <laughs> through the roof. Oh,
1: there was another reason why Manuel was grinning. There's someone else taking part. Reynold.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just imagine, it's like, yeah, I'm not killing you, I have forgiven you, but you're taking part in the jousting competition, (laughs) Reynold. Oh, yes, you are.
0: And because you're riding from the left, no knight armour for you. (laughs) And no horse or stick. (laughs) Well, we get a description of this tourney,
1: and it sounds, I'll be honest, a little bit more like a brawl. Yeah. I'll quote, It was something to behold during this mock battle. In one place, a knight thrown on his head and shoulders. In another place, one knocked off his saddle, and one lying on his face, another on his back. Still another turned in headlong flight. One knight, pale with fear, was frightened of his adversary and wholly buried himself behind his shield, while another, observing his cowering foe, was exuberant. The rush of the wind whipped up by the horse's charges caused flags to wave and whistle. The Emperor dashed two knights to the ground at the same time, brandishing his lance. He charged at one, and the force threw both opponents down. So we can believe the sources. Everyone's going at each other. It's sort of mayhem. Yeah. And uh, Manuel manages to knock one knight off a horse, who then flew into the second one, and they both went down like skittles.
0: Lovely. Yeah. It's, so... it's like, do you think it starts off with, uh, Ah, Emperor, what are the rules? There are no rules <laughs> Survival is the only
1: rule The winner is the one who can say I won <laughs> You get the impression this isn't a nice little fence Down the middle one on one You get the impression someone with a whistle Shouted the word go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Oh brilliant S- Still fun was had I
0: ever so seen the go. film Nights to- A Knight's Tale Oh, years and years ago. That's a pretty yeah, that's still hands up Say That's a great film. Is it? Well maybe
1: it was like that. if I remember correctly, that was all very nice and uh Yeah nice and sedate though, wasn't it? Um okay, so the tourney's over. Uh Manuel does well. He stays in Antioch for a while and he finds a new friend. Just as he found he got on really rather well with Conrad, he also finds he gets on really rather well with Baldwin III. And again, oh. we see a glimpse of Manuel's personality here. You get the impression he was a likeable man. People nice. enjoyed his company. He gets on with other heads of state fairly well. So, Baldwin and Manuel get chatting. It's decided, yeah, well, I think we can do work together in the future. Definitely. Oh. But it's not long before Manuel's heading back to the capital. Now, Baldwin had hoped that Manuel would go and attack Nora Dean. After all... Noradine is the biggest threat in the region. But Noradine realising this had sent word to Manuel. I know you're in the region. How about I give you 6,000 prisoners from the last crusade and you don't attack us? Cool. (laughs) Said Manuel, who was probably thinking of going home anyway. It's like, yeah, we're fine. I was heading home, so I'll head home with six thousand prisoners.
0: Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm currently on a massive jousting high as well. So
1: yeah, this is great. So they head home. On the way through Anatolia, they were ambushed by the Sultanate of Rum. Remember, that's in the middle of Anatolia. That's not good, is it? The ambush failed, but Manuel's not happy about this. They really need to do something about the fact that the middle of Anatolia is still held by the Sultan of Rum. So, he starts preparing to go into Anatolia and deal with Rom, but then Bertha dies. Oh, I know. Yeah. Now, it's hard to figure out their relationship, but you do get the impression that they didn't particularly get on. Uh, They do have a couple of daughters by this point, but Manuel is far more interested in other women, definitely. Including, by this time, if we can believe one source, uh, a young woman named Theodora. Theodora happened to be his sister's daughter. His niece. Oh, yes.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: Some opprobium here. Oh, yes, a little bit. No, apparently he was upset by the death of his wife, but uh, obviously not that much because he had several mistresses
0: <laughs> and they kept him entertained. I, I'm so obsessed. I don't think I can be alone tonight. <laughs> yes, that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> yes, apparently uh, his niece Theodora was uh, set up. Do you, do you remember... I don't know this for certain, by the way, um, but do you remember uh, Constantine IX built his uh, his mistress palace right next to the palace?
0: Yeah. yeah well,
1: Theodora apparently was set up in a palace nearby and I can't help but wonder whether this is the same mistress palace that's being used okay. yet again yeah. uh, <laughs> yes so um, yeah just know that he had someone to comfort him shall we say anyway there were things to organise the so Sol- Sultan of Rum needs to be paid a lesson so after some political wrangling which we don't get many details on unfortunately because my god this must have taken a long time to put together <laughs> a-, a plan was put together so Anatolia yeah Modern-day Turkey, yeah? Sultan of Rome's right in the middle of it, yeah? Okay. Manuel was going to attack from the west, from Constantinople, obviously. But what's better than attacking from one direction? Two directions. Yeah. So, troops under his general would attack from Antioch using forces from Antioch and also forces that Baldwin supplied from Jerusalem. So there we go. Attack from the left and attack from the bottom. What's better than attacking from two directions? Attack from three directions. Oh, yes. Why not, thought Manuel. Uh, Just get in contact with uh, Noradine. Oh. We'd had words recently. He gave me some prisoners. I didn't attack him. We're on relatively friendly terms. Uh, Noradine, any chance you want to attack the Sultanate of Rum? I mean, it's not really anything you particularly want to do, but you could get some money out of it, so... Yeah. He receives word. Why not? So, <laughs> attacking from the right-hand side is the, the uh, forces of Noradine. But why stop there? <laughs> if you're attacking from three sides, you might as well complete the circle. Oh, yeah, why not? Yeah. There is one more group, if you labelled your map correctly earlier, in the area.
0: Okay. So is it the... Uh... Damasian, the Danishmans, Yes,
1: I can't the read Dynishmans. my writing. Um, <laughs> uh, they, Manuel contacted them. Uh, look, you guys happy to pile on because we are all just piling on at the moment. It'd be so. great fun,
0: guys. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> this is going to be great. Uh, just, <laughs> just, just watch his face when he starts getting all those letters. <laughs> um, maybe this is why Roger came back. He missed it.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I love seeing the faces. uh the rising
1: terror. And your smug little smile. This coalition from all sides advances on the uh, Sultanate of Rom, uh, and understandably, Rom surrenders very, very quickly. A huge portion of Anatolia was returned to the empire. The rest of the land was uh, kept by the Sultan, but Manuel made it very clear. You are in charge, but you're a vassal of mine now. Nice. Very much like Jerusalem. We've we've got an understanding, don't we? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, we're friends now. <laughs> we're definitely friends. We're the, and you get the feeling.
0: friends. We well,
1: get the feeling Manuel really managed to give this feeling of we're friends, but I'm in charge. Uh, because he invites the Sultan to come and stay in Constantinople for a while. And when the Sultan <laughs> stayed in Constantinople, he was showered with gifts. Every day he was given food and wine in gold goblets that he was allowed to keep. It was a show of power. Look what yeah. we've got. Uh, now, the Sultan attempts to put on a show himself. <laughs> go on. <laughs> this is this is one of the best stories I've ever heard. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> say it. The Sultan's not got the wealth to battle Manuel. He no. can't he can't go up against the wealth of the Empire. So he can't dazzle with gold and jewels. No. I was
0: gonna say it's probably during another they cook going, what's this?
1: It's gold. <laughs> this is gold. Oh so if if you can't put on a show with uh, with material wealth What could you use instead? Intellectual wealth. Intellectual wealth. And what more says you have intellectual wealth than scientific advancement? And what more says scientific advancement than the invention of flight? Ooh (laughs) weren't (laughs) expecting that one, were you? No. (laughs) The sultan announces that he's got a display. He has figured out the power of the birds.
0: Oh, please tell me you just threw like 20 sleighs off the cliff.
1: In a way, it's better. What? Crowds gather in the hippodrome. Yeah. This isn't a small little one-off thing. A huge platform is erected, and a man who obviously is with the Sultan uh, in in his court showed off this new suit-slash-device. It's not very clear, but he's he's got something. Apparently it had, like, big open pockets that could capture air. Oh. A big, flowing... Basically, he'd sewn some wings on himself. Basically, <laughs> what I am trying to tell you is that the Sultan managed to find the last surviving Ava.
0: Oh! How <laughs> long did he survive?
1: <laughs> I don't know. If we could find out how tall the platform was, we could scientifically work <laughs> it out.
0: <laughs> well, terminal velocity because... is like 60 miles an hour,
1: isn't it? So... <laughs> Because, yeah, the, the man got up on top of the flat platform, probably made a nice big show of things, <laughs> and launched himself
0: off. I think halfway down he went, the platform wasn't this high before.
1: <laughs> it was only three feet. The crowd watched in amazement as the man <laughs> leapt and flew, flew directly down, <laughs> where he landed with a splat. Oh! And once the body was removed, apparently the people of the city mocked the sultan for the
0: rest of his stay. The plan backfired. Well, it was not going to be successful. I mean, you can get those like flying suits you wear, but, like you uh, are paragliding. Oh, yeah, 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 you can. I you can paraglide, but you can actually get suits now that literally like you look a, like a flying squirrel. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, you need to be quite high for them to work though, don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And also, and this Wind. wasn't that. This clearly wasn't that. No, no. Anyway, Manuel's in a good mood after this, as you can imagine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> th- things are going well. Uh, he, he's, he's settled the West, he's settled the East. Uh, people are literally throwing themselves in front of him uh, to amusing sound effects. Uh, and it's time to look for a new wife, he thinks.
0: Yeah.
1: It was decided that Maria, the daughter of the late Raymond and Constance, and also cousin of his new friend Baldwin, would be his wife. It would just tie the empire into the Crusade states even more to make sure that, yeah, Jerusalem's really close to our emperor. No one in the West. Yeah. So they get married, but then unfortunately there's another death. Manuel doesn't have much luck with friends, it would appear, uh, because Baldwin then dies at the age of 32. Oh, is
0: this that- is this BFF.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, this, this really did look like it was going to be a good alliance between them, uh, but, no, Baldwin just dies. It upset Manuel, but who knows? Maybe Baldwin's brother, who's taken charge, this is Almerick, uh, maybe Amalric would uh, be similar to Baldwin. Yeah. Maybe. But it's not actually the death of Baldwin that takes up Manuel's thoughts at this time, because another letter arrives informing him of another death. Hello, sir. You look vaguely familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was pointing a sword at you once. <laughs> Yeah, someone else has died. Uh, the king of Hungary has just died. Oh. Yeah, the, the king who he had defeated and managed to essentially get a peace treaty with. Splendid. Well, Manuel saw an opportunity here. Hungary had grown into a significant power of late, very much like the Bulgars had. Uh, the Hungarians were now the major force between the Eastern and Western Roman Empire at this point. So, if the old kings died, maybe we can get control of the new king, and bring Hungary into the empire. Ooh. After all, if the Roman Empire is ever going to be reunited, we need to be moving west as well as east. Mm. So after all the fighting that he'd done in the region years before, he realised that there are perhaps better ways to claim Hungary than trying to take it by force. So he sets in motion a plan. And if it worked, it wouldn't bear fruit for him, but it would for future emperors. Which is interesting, you don't. Know? see this kind of future planning often from emperors. Hmm. He sent an offer to the new king of Hungary. Name your brother, whose name is Bella, heir of the disputed land in the Dalmatian coast. This is land that Hungary and the empire both claimed was theirs.
0: <laughs>
1: so, your brother's now in charge of that. In other words, give us the Dalmatian coast, because in return, Bella can marry my daughter, and he will now be heir to the throne.
0: Ooh. A spicy little tease.
1: That is that is hugely generous. If this yeah. is your brother, can be the next
0: Roman emperor, if you just give us the Numidian coast. Yeah, right. Don't don't even like dogs. <laughs> the emperor responds. You obviously haven't been there, have you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean th- this is uh, interesting, and um, I'd like to know more of how this went over in the court at the time, because this is giving a foreign prince that the empire. Uh, But, as Manuel sees it, this will essentially bring Hungary into the Empire. Not this generation, but the next. Yeah, he's playing the long game. That's good. This won't bear fruit for me, but in the future... Yeah. Expanded Empire. Nice. Yeah. So... The new king of Hungary agreed. Bela was sent over to the capital. However, if the hope was that this would keep peace in the region, it failed. Within a year, the Romans and the Hungarians were at war once more. I don't care if you've got my brother. We want this land on the Dalmatian coast. I've changed my mind. That's oh, essentially what happened. Now, Manuel didn't leave this war personally. Instead, one of his nephews took the lead, taking with him some Turks from the Sultanate of Rum. So, uh, obviously, the Sultanate is very much now working as a vassal of the Romans. Yeah. Uh, In 1167, the Battle of Sirmium took place. It was a decisive victory for the Romans. So defeated were the Hungarians that the entire Dalmatian coast was given to the Romans. Uh, On top of this, Manuel personally led a force to wipe out any Serbian resistance in the area. So there you go, that's it. That's the Dalmatian coast fully in the empire once more, right up to Venice. Right up to the border of Venice. So, Manuel, as you can see, he's doing very well. The Balkans now are almost all his. Anatolia was almost all his. Antioch was once again Roman. Uh, he had an understanding, shall we say, with the Sultan of Rome and the King of Jerusalem. <laughs> He'd failed to take back the south of Italy, but he had to stop the Norman advance in its tracks. Uh, at this point, his new wife gave birth to a son, Alexios. Oh. Now, obviously, this is a problem, because who's the current
0: heir? Oh, the yeah. Dalmatian guy.
1: Yeah, Bella um was demoted immediately to merely mm. Caesar. Uh he had been given the title despot, which means better than better than Caesar. Do you remember that <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> title? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they yeah. just kept going. <laughs> uh but yeah, he's just down to Caesar now. But actually, all this works out well in the end. The king of Hungary died a couple of years after this, and Bella was sent for. You're the the next in line for the Hungarian throne. Ah, brilliant! Now Bella's time in Constantinople with the Roman royal family meant that he'd become very good friends with Manuel. And as he left, he promised that he would always be good friends to the Empire. Oh, um, yeah. So not in the Empire, but Hungary now an ally no longer an enemy that's good he's not bitter about it being chopped out of the
0: food chain sort of thing
1: yeah no you get the impression it was a case of okay fair enough that is your son Um, and yeah I'll go and be king of Hungary instead again you see this glimpse of Manuel being Mm. the kind of guy that people got on with he keeps meeting other heads of state and getting on with them yeah so, things, as I, I keep saying, are going well. So well that Manuel once more starts entertaining his dreams of a restored classical Roman Empire. When Baldwin's brother, the new king of Jerusalem, that was uh, Amalric. Yes. Amalric came to him with a plan.
0: How do you fancy Egypt? Ooh, I like Egypt. I hear it's pretty unstable. Mhm. Fatimid Empire is not doing quite well. And the architecture is fantastic. Yeah. Tallest building in the world is there. Yeah, but
1: when when did when did it burn down? When was it destroyed? The Great Pyramid of Giza. Oh sorry, I'm thinking of the, the Great Lighthouse Of course, the Pyramid Yeah, yeah, that makes no sense <laughs> The Pyramid didn't burn down <laughs> Anyway, the fact is Egypt is on the cards Now Egypt had not been Roman for hundreds of years So much that,
0: I mean, it's really not Roman anymore yeah. um, But <laughs> they, have, they, have a, they have a sign in Alexandria We're so not Roman <laughs> yeah. But wouldn't it be amazing if it was yeah. thought Manuel <laughs>
1: That'd yeah. be that'd be really cool. Now, this is all very complex here. Uh, I'm going to give you a bit of a background, but I am simplifying this. Amaric had been worried that Nur ad-Din would take the Shia Fatimids by force and create a unified Sunni caliphate that would just surround the Crusader states. That was his worry. So therefore, he had gone into Egypt a couple of years previously with limited success. In fact, it could be argued the main thing that Amoric achieved was to destabilise the region. Now, this led to a Sunni Muslim general who worked for nur ad din rising in power within Egypt. And his name is salah din or, as he is known generally to history, or at least in the West, Saladin. A name that you may well have come across before.
0: I recognise it,
1: but I know nothing about it. Well, you'll find out a little bit more about him in this podcast, but not a huge amount. The king of Jerusalem's worst fears were coming true. So, he calls upon Manuel. Uh, Egypt? Egypt? Yeah, Egypt. Egypt, says Manuel. Um, Yeah, he was interested. He sent troops and ships down to invade the second invasion. However, the invasion got bogged down as they attempted to siege the city of Demeter if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's on one of the uh, doubters of the Nile. Uh, Bad weather, heavy fortifications of the city, meant the siege just dragged out. Both sides, the Latin forces from Jerusalem and the the Greek-Roman forces from Constantinople, did not get on. They blamed each other for the lack of success. Uh, The general sent by Manuel blamed Amalric for prolonging the siege hoping to get more money out of the city for going away, that kind of thing Uh, generally it just didn't work Uh, to make things worse uh, after they gave up, the Roman fleet sailed home and hit a storm and half of the fleet was destroyed I know yeah, that's not good. Meanwhile, Saladin, in Egypt, was able to use this further destabilisation of the region to gain full control of the government, because he'd managed to work his way up as grand visor, so he got the <laughs> twirling moustache and everything.
0: Brilliant.
1: Um, yeah, at this point, he just takes over. Uh, the Fatimid Caliphate collapses. We never really had much to do with the Fatimid Caliphate, no. but
0: uh, just know.
1: Yeah, just know that it's now gone. Oh, it was big. It was a big thing. Just didn't really play into our story much. Uh, but enough. it's gone now. Bye. And now you've got uh, Saladin in charge there.
0: And obviously he is uh, allied with ad-Din, So mm. things are on the rise. It's weird to think, right? That we're in the part of history now that's... I mean, it's always been impacting the modern world in some very small way. But now you can but really, you can really feel see feel...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're less than a thousand years away, and you're starting to see the modern lines of mm. uh, politics start to to shift into place, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, Manuel's advancements into the Balkans had caused problems. Remember, the border now is right up against Venice. Uh, Venice weren't too pleased about this. Uh, they, they kind of, like I said, the Dalmatian coast was very multicolored on the map, yeah. and uh, the Venetians weren't best pleased. They they figured they had a few colors, so. Yeah, they let their displeasure be known in the capital. If you remember, over the last few decades under Alexios and John, there's been a growing number of very rich merchants in settlements around Constantinople. Yes. These merchants were so rich and powerful, they were said to look down on even the emperor himself. Well, you can't, you don't do that. Yeah. I
0: mean, I mean um, they obviously did.
1: But... If you enjoy reading fantasy novels... Anything from serious fantasy to things like the Discworld, you will always come across rich merchant factions. Uh, this is where it all comes from. This is it's this kind of building up at this age of really rich, powerful merchant yeah. factions. Yeah, so they're dotted around the capital, um, and they're looking down on everyone, and they're rich, and they're not from around here. And the people in Constantinople start feeling very resentful. Mm-hmm. It's not just suspected, it is a known fact that they were far more loyal to Venice than the Empire and yet they live here and make money from us. Now, how true this is, we don't know, but just know that's what most people thought at the time. That's all the anyway, masses. Yes, Manuel decided to do something about it, just like his father had. If you remember, John had let the Venetians know no more, no more special treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike his father, when Manuel said this, he backed it with force. Ooh. He arrested... All Venetians in the capital, an estimated 10,000 people, overnight were thrown into prisons
0: or monasteries or anywhere where there was a locked door. That sounds like we've, we've, uh, as we're recording now, last week we recorded uh, the Franklin D. Roosevelt episode where essentially the same thing happened to all the uh, Japanese-American Nice parallels to history here. Yeah,
1: it's not a good move, is it? You're just locking people up. Um, Venice, as you can imagine, were shocked to begin with and then furious.
0: Yeah, you would be.
1: Venice mobilised in a way that (laughs) only very rich people can. Come Uh, on, lads, get the gondolas. Get the war (laughs) gondolas. (laughs) Yes, the ones with the spikes, Jeff. Quick. Uh, Well, they called in debts is what they did. There's nothing more scary mm. than the calling in of debts They <laughs> rose a considerable sum And they spent that money On a considerable mercenary army And a considerable fleet Oh You don't need to be big on a map to be powerful and Venice was starting to prove this to the world Well,
0: Britain proves the point later on yeah.
1: Well, yeah Um <laughs> So, 120 ships in total head into Roman waters. This is a sizeable fleet and it certainly would be able to handle anything that the Romans had. Manuel, however, was ready. Not with ships, but with a single ambassador. The ambassador met with the doge of Venice. This has all been a misunderstanding. Uh-huh. We, uh We invited those 10,000 Venetians round for a barbecue. Uh, and they went into the wrong room and it had one of those locks on that just locks yes. automatically. It was a Yale lock, you see.
0: And, it's and they got these... locked inside. Yeah, yeah it happens. Um, and it's one of these special barbecues, like a, a, multi, a multi-venue barbecue.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's music, so we couldn't hear the bang and the shouting and the pleas for help. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, And a very so... long barbecue of, you know, weeks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so, tell you what, Doge, Dogey, um, send some of your own ambassadors to Constantinople to come and meet the Emperor, and I promise you, nudge, nudge, we can sort this out, wink, wink, in a way that everyone will be happy. More <laughs> nudging, more winking. Yeah. The Doge decides to send the ambassadors. Okay. I'm a rich merchant leader. Yeah. I understand the meaning of nudge, nudge, wink, wink. There might even have been a special handshake or two involved. Oh, how special. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, very special. Certain fingers were squeezed in certain ways. (laughs) Uh, Manuel, however, had no intention of settling with Venice. He was playing for time. Good. The doge of Venice soon realised his mistake for trusting the emperor. His ambassadors returned to him, only to say that they had been utterly shunned once they arrived in the capital.
0: (laughs) Oh, do you think there's like a mass meeting? It's like, Manuel's on a stand. It's like, right, right, citizens of Constantinople, when you see this person holds a portrait, you need to turn <laughs> your back on them. Yeah, I
1: think so. The entire city, just turned their back. Yeah, yeah. he just didn't talk to them. It was obviously a no-go. Um, and the plan had worked out perfectly. I mean, to be fair, a bit of luck was involved. <laughs> but this was essentially Manuel's plan Delay this massive fleet long enough That it hits the inevitable problems That large fleets do yep. In this case, plague Illness mm. ripped through the, the large fleet that had been created uh, People were soon Dying left, right and centre And being chucked off uh, The ships, left, right and centre Starboard and uh, aft <laughs> Port and Port and yeah, all those nautical terms Under the um, keel yeah, so there you go. Um, the Doge was forced to return home without even fighting, where his subjects were so displeased with him, he was stabbed to death. Bloody hell. Yeah, <laughs> not good. Oh. But Manuel couldn't rest for long because news reached him the Sultan of Rum was getting very chatty with Nur ad-Din. Oh. Mmm, yeah. No, You're a vassal. Like... Yeah, Manuel didn't like that. Keeping those two powers uh, opposing each other was the plan. In fact, there was even a rumour that the Sultan of Rum was chatting to Barbarossa. The worry here for Manuel is that he's going to be surrounded. If the Sultan of Rum, the, uh essentially the Caliph of uh, the East uh, and also the Emperor of the West, all unite against the Empire, they will be surrounded and outnumbered. All of a sudden, from a position of strength, he starts to worry. Yeah. So, Manuel summoned for Sultan of Rom. Uh, in fact, i name him. I've been just calling him the Sultan. His name is Khalidj Arslan. Arslan 2. We've come lion. across Arslan before. Yes, yeah. Lion. Yeah, so he uh, he summoned Khalidj. What What's all this about, you chatting to Nora Dean and, uh, and Barbarossa? Khalidj replied, the rumours were false. Uh, Especially Norahdin. Norahdin hates me. I keep working with Christians. Look, I've been giving you mercenaries for the last few years. There's no way Norahdin's going to be working with me. Manuel kind of goes, yeah, fair enough. I'll keep an eye on you, but you may return. A tense peace descended. And then two years later, Norahdin dies. Ultimately, this would lead to Saladin taking over a united Muslim Eastern Caliphate. Uh, But in the short term, and much closer to home to our story, what this means is that the Sultan of Rum, Khalidj, was now free to attack the Dynishmans. Now, for reasons I've not gone into, Noruddin had been protecting the Dynishmans for a while. So that political alliance was now gone. Khalidj can now start expanding without fear of repercussions from the east. Brilliant, he's thinking. Which he does, and he makes rapid progress. Manuel's worried about this. He's worried that the sultans will turn on the empire. So he marches out at the head of a huge army to have words. Oi, you. Now, perhaps a lifetime of military successes had softened him to the dangers of battle. Maybe he just got really unlucky. But either way, it was while marching on Khalige at this point that Manuel was ambushed whilst travelling through a narrow pass. The Roman baggage train and the siege engines came under huge pressure and collapsed. Most were destroyed. A huge portion of the Roman army wiped out. Oh dear. Yeah. Manuel's new brother-in-law was killed during an attack. So that's a member of the royal family killed in this. That night, after the fighting had died down due to night descending, Manuel panicked. He'd never been in this situation before. So he ordered... A retreat. We've got to get back to the capital. Some of his top generals loudly advised against this. What do you mean, retreat? No, because then they will follow us and they will just pull us apart. We can't retreat. We've got to fight against this. Uh, So loud was the argument that their conversation was overheard by soldiers nearby, (laughs) just outside the tent. And soon enough, word spread throughout the camp that the emperor wanted to run away.
0: Ooh, oh, oh.
1: yeah. Now, Manuel, by this point, rescinded the order. You're right, he agreed with his generals. I I lost my mind there. You're right, we need to stay and fight. But the damage was done. Reputation built up over decades by this point. Overnight, he was now a coward. Uh. The sun rose, the fighting started up once more, but it didn't last long this time because envoys from Kalij arrived. We will stop fighting if you destroy several fortifications in the area that you've been using to make sure that we remain your vassal state. In other words, give us our independence and we'll stop fighting. Oh. Manuel was forced to accept. He left for oh, no. home utterly dejected. He wrote back to the capital that the result was as bad as Manzikert, wow. which is not strictly true according to modern historians. His army was not broken, just dented. The, the whole area was not overrun. He himself had not been kidnapped. This was not as bad as Manzikert, no. but... Is, is it more of a um, morale... Yeah, yeah, definitely The image of the invincible Roman army That he, his father and his grandfather Had painstakingly built up Over the last almost 100 years Had been shaken Now, perhaps it's just coincidence Maybe it's all linked But it's not long after this That he starts to get ill You get the feeling that this kind of uh, Really breaks him Death was close, and he made it very clear that his ten-year-old son Alexios was to succeed him.
0: Oh, oh, oh! No, no, you don't do that. And well, you can, but you need someone in charge that you trust to care. You know, to make the decisions. Wink, wink. It's fine. His son's mother can act as regent.
1: Uh... His son's mother, who obviously is the daughter of Raymond and Constance, and the cousin of uh, the King of Jerusalem, all of whom are Westerners. Yes, they might be in the East in the Crusader state right Ooh. now, but they're all very much Frankish Westerners. And so a bit of homogeny. Well, Constantinople right now are not Westerners. No. Um, Man- Manuel enjoyed the West far more than most of his contemporaries did. But that is all for another episode, because in 1180, Manuel dies. He looked up from his bed and said, It is done. And <laughs> then dies.
0: That's made oh. up, by the way. <laughs> we get an artistic said. black and white shot of a yeah. hand falling from the bed, holding a black cigarette. Yeah, cigarette it falls, just falls it
1: rolls, and it rolls, and then hits some oil that's been left on the floor in the shape yes. of an M, and the M just bursts into flames.
0: Right. Okay. If I catch a disease, yeah. and I'm on my deathbed, even if it's in a hospital, <laughs> you need to do that for me. Mhm. I will. I will. I People will. will question the M.
1: But I'll say it stands for Mr. Jamie. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Or yes. No, into a TR. Oh, yes, even better. Excellent. There we go. And I'll do the same for you, I promise. So there you go. That is the life of Manuel. <laughs> nice. Um, busy. It's busy, but the thing, is, like for him, I, I don't know, we will discuss this, but quite quite active and I'd argue harder than his predecessors, perhaps. Oh, interesting, interesting. As in well, there's let's, more let's go stuff going on. Yeah, let's go into it. Let's that. go into it. Fighting. Maximus. Okay, I mean,
1: lots of points. That's what I'm just going to say to begin yeah. with. Uh, countless leading of armies into battle. Victories in battles as well as wars. Personally leading troops. Uh, if you remember right at the start when he was a prince, he led troops in battle. Then he fought against the Sultanate of Rome and won. The Crusades passed through, which isn't really fighting, but, I mean, there was... Military tension. A political wrangling. But then there was the war with Roger, and that was a full-on invasion that he fought back and he won. He takes the south of Italy, but then he loses the south of Italy. At the same time as this, he puts down the Serbian revolt and also wages war with Hungary and wins. This is all happening at the same time. This is three different wars he's fighting at the same time, and he wins all of them. Nice. Uh, Antioch then invades Cyprus, Manuel, takes Cilicia and then Antioch in revenge. Uh, He does so well, in fact, that Jerusalem essentially agrees to be a vassal state. Then he defeats the Sultan of Rum, comprehensively with that alliance of various different factions. Uh, And then he defeats the Hungarians once more, so much that the Dalmatian coast comes under the empire's control fully. However, it's not all good, because let's not forget, uh, there there was the failure to take Egypt, I mean, perhaps that was just a bit too much. There's obviously the aforementioned failure to take Italy. But then the big one was the being ambushed in, in Anatolia by Khalid and yep. suffering a huge defeat right at the end there, which is yes. such a shame after an entire lifetime of yeah. victories to. to suffer a defeat. Um, and, and he took it,
0: you know, from what you said as well, he, he took it badly. He, oh, he did. Yes, no, he did. So he, he knew that, ah, oh, this is a yeah, reputation
1: damage. there's a story that afterwards he wanted to get home to the capital as quick as possible, but his generals forced him to take the same route that he'd taken there, which meant going through several battlefields. So he was forced to watch as the dead were being piled up. Uh, yeah. Uh... You you get the feeling that things were tense at that time. (laughs) Yeah, I think I just summed it up. It's a lifetime of victories with a a big defeat at the end. Yeah. You could argue his grandfather had a harder starting point. That's true. You could argue, however, that he has done more than his grandfather or his father if you're just looking at a map uh, where the expansions happened. But also, it it goes deeper than that. It's not just colouring in the map. Where he has taken land, he has really solidified that rule, and the area around the empire is now mostly allies, apart from the Sultanate of native Rome, yeah, which caused a problem at the end.
0: So it was a thorn in the finger yeah. of destiny. Um, but yeah. I, I'm I'm very impressed. I'm quite impressed. Yeah, um, and and you also suggested a few times that he was suggest you know he. He had a bigger picture in mind rather than it's not about my glory, it's about continuing this legacy.
1: I mean he's he's essentially fighting everyone. (laughs) This isn't fighting on two fronts,
0: it's fighting everyone. I Uh, mean you made me create a map. Yes. So I'm I'm now getting flack on Twitter for I uploaded it already. I'm I'm (laughs) i I'm I'm now Well look at that map. People are insulted, Rob
1: Jamie, look at that map. And name one place on that map who he didn't fight with at some point. Scandinavia, the dangly bits. Yeah, but I didn't tell you to label that.
0: (laughs) No, it's true. It's probably a good thing. Uh, No, it's true. Everything valuable. Um,
1: um, Yeah, he didn't fight with England. Um, He didn't fight with France. But he had fights with pretty much everyone else. At least political fighting.
0: And, And of course he didn't attack Spain.
1: Well, no, no, of course not. Spain's close to his heart. Um, mm. what did we give his father and his grandfather we gave seven
0: apiece and did we give his dad the same I think we did didn't we yeah, yeah. 14 I'm going one more I agree I, I think yeah. he's done more even strategically mm. he's done more yeah I'm going 16
1: important. I'm going 16 that's what I'm going for
0: you oh sorry you can't go that's, for 16 I apologise Jamie how, how, how dare I I'm going 8 oh my god well, you can go for 16 if you want, but I'll go for 8, and we can have that together and cut a title, But 8 and 8, 16. Right, okay, well done. Next round.
1: He married his niece. He married his niece, Jeremy. No, he didn't. He didn't marry his niece, but he did put his niece in...
0: <laughs> Position. <laughs> in the
1: palace, I was going to
0: say. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it? He installed his niece in the
1: palace. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we don't actually know which niece this is, by the way. Uh, the sources are a bit vague. Uh, her name was Theodora, but everyone was called Irene or Theodora. It's um, so it's, it's quite hard to figure out. Um, but apparently, he was particularly fond of her, um, of his niece. Uh, she got her own palace, and there's even a story that she was treated as the Empress for quite some time. And she ordered the murder of another woman in the palace because she feared that Manuel was getting to know her. Uh, yeah. You get the feeling that the uh, internal politics of court life during Manuel's reign was very interesting. And unfortunately, we just don't get to see much of it. Mildly
0: frantic. Oh, imagine that.
1: Yeah. So there's that. He also, he loved to party. He uh, did. Did Manuel. Mm. Uh, In fact, I'll quote here. Wholly devoted to a dissolute and voluptuous life and given over to banqueting and reveling. He had a laugh. That's, what
0: he did. I, that's That's nothing.
1: And, yeah, like I said, uh, he, he certainly got to know the ladies of the court, so much so that he caught some form of STD at the start of his reign. Uh, but we, do, we don't know what it is, obviously. But, yeah, he caught something early on. <laughs> yeah. Did it go green? Did it drop off? Uh, nothing about his uh, Scandinavians were mentioned. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but apparently his, his skin his, uh, <laughs> went, went awry, shall we say. Um, there, there's nothing huge. He was meant to be a very just and uh, calm uh, ruler um, who oh. who liked to, to party and obviously wasn't a very good husband. I, I certainly think uh, he deserves maybe a couple of points for his um, affair with his niece. I think... I think fair with a niece certainly gets a couple of points. I think so, yeah. But there's not much more than that. No. Here you go. Here's an idea. Let's go right back to the start. Claudius didn't have much in this round, apart from his marrying his niece. So what? Did, let, let's look at precedent here.
0: Yeah, but he did punch whales and other things. He
1: did punch a whale. Yeah, we gave four each, but that includes punching a whale. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go three. I'm going to go three for me. Really? My...
0: Three? I'm going to give two. So- Jamie...
1: Jamie, I know you don't have a sister, but just imagine if you did. <laughs> that's your sister's daughter, Jamie. You deserve points for that.
0: Yeah, i okay, fair go for four.
1: <laughs> that's fine. Do whatever you want. If you no, think I'm it's going fun, for four.
0: Eight. <laughs> no, three. I'm going for three. Oh, you're going for three. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Went, because he didn't punch over... a whale. I'm I'm going for four. I think that's weird. as yeah. oh, oh, did well, I no, convince it... you, did I? No, that's... No, I'm going for three as well. It's big, but it's just one
1: thing in a long rule. So, am um, um, six. Okay, six.
0: Next. Successes, ultimate.
1: Okay, uh, generally, Manuel's reputation was very good at the time. He was a well-liked ruler, as far as we can tell. Um, it was also good after his death. But he was generally seen by the Romans as a good emperor.
0: Mm.
1: A positive force, along with his father and his grandfather. On the map, the empire looked better. There's a lot more red coloured in him. But, like I said, it goes deeper than that. The land he took, although not vast, is actually fairly secure. The the land that he took that wasn't secure was Italy, and that fell immediately. But the rest seems to be fairly good at the moment. Okay. For the moment. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's I all see. the matters in this episode. Yeah. Uh, under his rule, it was fairly secure. Uh, most of the citizens of the Empire would have known peace, also. Most of the fighting, under his reign, took place abroad... And as everyone knows, if your country is at war abroad, it doesn't really feel like you're at war, does it? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no one's invading. Uh, well, the Normans invaded briefly, but he, he kicked them out. Uh, the economy <laughs> ticked along nicely. Uh, generally, the empire's a good place to be. So, yeah, pretty good. That said, more modern uh, historians have pointed out that his grandfather and his father did all the heavy lifting. Manuel just kept it ticking along.
0: That's not a negative.
1: No, ticking along is good. And I also think this is a bit harsh, man. Well, faced many challenges himself and overcame yeah. them. Yes. Multiple invasions from different angles, multiple revolts. A crusade happened during his reign. Yeah. Um, that okay, he wasn't quite as convoluted as his grandfather's crusade. No, but, uh, but it's still it's not easy. But getting crusade, I, I,
0: and also all those armies, all the fighting costs money. And, yeah. you know the first thing he did when we took office uh, was um, to give citizens money and
1: the yep. army money
0: and people him well, money. So that it's...
1: does lead me to another negative. He did leave the empire quite poor. John too left it Ooh. rich. Manuel did go through the uh, the reserves a bit.
0: You, now, you did say the economy was good a minute ago.
1: The economy was ticking along fine, but they had a reserve when John died. They don't really have oh. that anymore. Okay. But, as you're going to see in... Um, in Tempo complete, uh Manuel lasts. <laughs> he really does. Um, so, <laughs> uh, this wasn't squandering the money. This was just... Uh, the books weren't quite as strong by the end as at the start. But John did a good job in this area, and that's okay. why. Also, one more thing. Um, a positive, this one. Yay. He was a visionary. He was not as successful, perhaps, as the likes of Trajan, or Justinian, or Heraclius, or Basil too. Uh But he shared their vision to push the empire as much as possible. He was willing to sacrifice things for himself in order to gain a united Roman empire beyond the years of his death.
0: That's true.
1: Uh, You don't see that with all emperors. Most emperors are too concerned about what's right in front of them. You really get the sense that Manuel was looking not just to his reign, but 50, 100, 200 years into the future.
0: I guess that'd be ingrained in though, because he's got his, his, his grandfather's rule from the past like shadowing him slightly oh, so yes, it's he's stability. got a lot to live up to
1: It's uh, the three the three of them giving something away of tempo completo here the three of them alone span almost a hundred years wow And that level of stability really does give the sense of history needs to be stable and we need to keep passing things forward. Um, So yeah, let's not forget he managed to diplomatically talk to the regions around him and get several of them on site due to his own political skills. One thing I didn't cover was his talks with the Pope. There's all sorts going on with the churches at this point. Now obviously the Great Schism has already happened... But as discussed before, the Great Schism wasn't as big an event at the time as it appears in history, and this is one reason why. At this point, actually, the Eastern-Western churches start to reconcile under Manuel. There are talks between them. In fact, the talks get so far that they discuss the possibility of them unifying, to the point that Rome would once more be the centre of the Empire.
0: But they've got quite varied differences, though. Yeah,
1: this is the problem. Um, Manuel essentially writes to the Pope saying, one Roman Empire would be amazing, wouldn't it? And the Pope writes back, (laughs) again, hugely simplifying here, but (laughs) yes, it would be amazing, but these things would have to happen for a start. You'd have to move here and rule the empire from Rome, just like it used to be, because this is the head of the church. You'd have to understand that. And at that point, obviously, the Patriarch of Constantinople said no, 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 no. He might call himself Pope, but I call myself Patriarch of Constantinople. In my head, that is just as important as Pope. Yeah, the two churches were too far apart, but the very fact that you've got the East and the West talking about unification in the 1170s is amazing. That's the stability of the Empire and Manuel trying to unify things it doesn't go anywhere ultimately, but no. there are many steps along the path uh, that, that are impressive. A mixed bag in some ways, but generally, I'm, I'm quite impressed.
0: I think it's above average.
1: I mm-hmm. I would comfortably give him a seven. I'm thinking seven as well. Brilliant. 14.
0: Fourteen.
1: Okay, so this one is from a manuscript. So it's another drawing. Very serious. He looks serious. He also has sort of like a goatee beard with like a pencil yeah. mustache uh, which, which is, I think works quite well.
0: It works perfectly. The
1: main thing you might notice about this is his skin tone which is the which is an interesting element of Man yes. Now, quite likely uh, things have darkened on this manuscript, but Um, is written about his complexion. In fact, I'll quote here. In complexion, he was neither snow-white like those reared in the shade, nor the colour of deep black smoke like those exposed to the burning rays of the sun. He was apparently uh, quite dark in complexion compared to previous emperors, uh, to the point that uh, the Venetians, when mocking him, got uh, people who were quite possibly Ethiopian, dressed them up as the emperor uh, and paraded them uh, him about. Seeing uh, what we don't often see in the sources in ancient times, uh, discussions on race and racism, yeah. which uh, obviously things like that existed, you just don't see it as much. Nothing that's going to like give him or take away points, but what yeah. I found interesting, the first time since... Uh, Septimius severus the question of uh skin tones in emperors has been brought up and obviously people say roman emperor and lots of people just imagine white people and obviously yeah. by this point uh or in fact all throughout history mediterranean yes. mediterranean is, yeah. is is fairly dark in complexion and it's yeah. just a good thing to be reminded of occasionally in case you're still thinking of Very white Western Romans. Hmm. Uh, That is just not the case. Uh, But anyway, so we've got this manuscript. He's got his hat on. He's got the beads. I like his moustache. It's almost like a little goatee
0: beard. Yeah, I I like the fact they're left hand as well. He's holding what is either something red and phallic or it's a cigar case. It's definitely a cigar case. Yeah, I like it.
1: It's good. No, I like it. It's uh, it's not amazing, but it's good. Uh, I'm gonna go for seven. I'm going for 6. 3.25. Tempo completed. Okay, I've given you some hints that he lasted a while. Yeah. Um, 87 years.
0: No. Right. 86 years. No. 85 years. Is it no. less than 40? It is, but only just. Is it 38? No, but very close. 37? Yes.
1: Ooh. 11.43 to 1180 that's good yeah I mean that is 37 years which gives him a score of 4.63 so he stops being emperor in 1180 and his grandfather became emperor in 1081 the three of them alone last 99 years considering we went through like what felt like a million emperors to just cover 50 years we've now covered twice that in three episodes
0: that's quite impressive.
1: Yeah, so um, there we go. He's
0: got a, a score. I'm guessing this has it's a forties club. I've just added up the score.
1: Yeah, it's has gonna be good, isn't
0: it? It it it's quite impressive. It's forty three
1: point eight eight. 43.88 is pretty good. Why is he ranked, though? Oh, you know, I, it's been so long since I've actually done a full ranking. I'm going to have to do that at some point. But 43.88 is very good. It's in the 40s club. Yes. That puts him, uh, importantly for him, that puts him above his father and his grandfather. Really? We're saying, out of the three Comdenite emperors, he is the best. Well, no, 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 we're not. We're saying he gets the most points. I'm not saying he's the best emperor, but I'm saying he gets the most points. He scored yeah. more crazy. Um, yeah. He lasts a very long time. And also, he was just interesting. He was interesting.
0: He was. He seemed fun. That's um, the thing. If if it had held off from his niece and just been a regular creepy uncle, yeah. he'd probably wouldn't score that high. So, <laughs> I think that says something about our scoring system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
1: does. <laughs> it does. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, one more question.
0: Do they have a certain...
1: Well, I, I don't think we can give it to his granddad and his dad, and not give it to him.
0: No, oh, of course not. He's he's earned it. I you mar- know what?
1: These common eyes are making for a damn good dynasty. They're doing so well. I hope they last for a long time, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, his ten-year-old son's next. Um, I'm sure he'll have a reign that lasts a thousand years. Someone who is coming up
0: is that cousin. Andronicus. Oh, oh! Is he calling in the debt? Not calling the debt. Just sort of like going, "Hey, I'm not going to ruin it. Let's wait no. for his okay, episode." Yeah. Sorry. I'll...
1: Yeah. So, um, but that's not next time. Next time is his son Alexios II, and we might. i have not fully decided yet. We might also do um, wife slash mother. Maria as well because she's Ooh. left in charge I'm going to look into it and see how much actual decision making she made at the time and see whether she deserves an episode or not either way it's going to be short yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah spoilers but that's it for today well done to Manuel yeah the coolest of emperors
0: woo right okay thank you very much for listening uh, thanks for downloading some popular iTunes Stitcher and Amazon if you've, if you've gone that far ahead and uh, until next time... Don't make me fly. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. So Nazir, I hope you all had your morning briefing. Haha.
1: <laughs> I, I have. And, uh... And I I, I put the coat on and everything. Ah, good, um, yes, it fits you very well.
0: It's still got blood on it. Well, we couldn't get it all out. I mean, (laughs) it's one of those things. Anyway, towards the edge. But I'm not convinced that
1: we have really ironed out the problems from yesterday. When when Jazeera did this... this, I hesitate to call it flight yesterday. He plummeted to his death in front of the whole crowd and we all watched it. I'm not entirely sure why Khalige
0: thinks that trying again for a second day is going to help. Oh yes, it was spectacular. He got almost 10 points. That was amazing. (laughs) What do you mean 10 points? He was supposed to fly. Uh, Yeah, Yes, 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 he was. Um, but it's fine, we sort out of the kinks, don't worry. His was a test run anyway. <laughs> we'll go for the ten today. <sighs> go go for the ten? I don't understand. You want me to fly, don't you? I mean, yes, of course I want you to fly. Of course, I mean, that's the money I've put on. But, I mean, if you do head um, Earthward trajectory, just, you know, try and throw a few rolls, maybe the odd flip. flips, I'm I'm sorry, what? You know, make it a spectacle as you're going down and screaming. A spectacle? A spectacle? I'm going to die! You're not going to die, you're probably going to fly! Then what's all this about flipping? There's a lot of people watching and they would like a spectacle, so if you manage to do that, it would be amazing!
1: I just don't think the improvements are going to work. I mean, okay, yesterday it didn't work because, I mean, he just fell, and he went splat, and all
0: you've done is stick on four, is it, more feathers? Ah, yes, but these feathers are good. See, the last, the last suit, they, they, they had pigeon feathers on. They're not good. No? No, did you not see him yesterday? He looked like a pizza. Uh, this time, Avar feathers on. I, I'm sorry, a, Avar? What's an Avar? Oh, tally-ho, read your history. They're the greatest flyers in in history. They they attempted to fly all the time and they were almost... No, I'm sorry, yeah. these these are like like humans, people. Yes, yes, these were people and they almost flew. Almost flew. Yes, they uh, they fully believed that they could fly. It was certainly spectacular. <laughs> look, look at this, look at this picture. I, I'm sorry,
1: I'm sorry. They believed
0: they could fly. Yes, the belief is half the battle. Yes, but the other half of the battle is the ground. I think just give it a go. What is literally the worst that could happen?
1: I, I could die. I could die. I would hit the ground and I will die. You, know, you could look at
0: it mathematically. What? Oh. Go on now, convince me. Convince me with maths. Oh, convince me with mass. Okay, so if you jump off, there's probably about 75 to 85% chance that you will die. Yes? I'm gonna say 999 percent but fair enough. That is true. However, if you refuse to jump off, there is literally a hundred percent chance that you will die. Oh. Yes. Oh
1: yes, no, I see your meaning. That's a sword there, isn't it? Yes it is. Right, well, it's good knowing you. Flips, did you say? Flips,
0: yeah, twice if you can.
1: This is going to be another long one, so we should probably
0: stop waffling. Right. Are you ready? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> I hope you need that pause in, yeah. <laughs> so
1: I'm just starting reading the start of my notes. It's like, what the hell am I... So I clearly felt intimidated by this episode and started waffling in my notes. <laughs>